You're listening to the Podcast Insider, Episode 6. What's up, everybody? Devin McDonald here, lead podcast producer of Devenio Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Podcast Insider. Now, it's January. It's a new year. I hope you guys are all off to a great start with your podcasts. And for the first episode of 2020, we're actually going to do something a little different here. Today, we're going to explore how you can grow your audience and open a new form of communication with them via email marketing. And to do that, I have two guests that it's safe to say they're the experts on email marketing, uh, and that's Matthew Smith and Matt Helbig of Really Good Emails. Now, Really Good Emails is a central hub uh, which showcases some of the best email design and resources on the web. It's got over 4,000 featured email designs from across all different industries. Uh, It really is safe to say these guys have seen it all when it comes to emails. Now, they're not just designers. They're not just entrepreneurs. They're uh, also podcast hosts. They started the Really Good Emails podcast back in 2018. Uh, They have two different versions of it. They have a video podcast, Feedback Friday, which airs every Friday, and they kind of dissect hand-picked emails uh, and break down what makes it really good. They also have a more traditional audio podcast that they reserve for more longer form interviews with experts within the field and other designers. Now, Matt and Matthew are going to really dive into the nitty gritty here and talk about when building an email, what is going to help your email stand out in the inbox? What are some things that you can do to ensure that people are opening, clicking your email, subscribing to your podcast, and listening to your episodes. We're also going to have a little bit of a mini rapid-fire feedback Friday where we'll review a few emails. The links will be in the show notes so you guys can follow along at home. But we'll review a few of these emails and talk about what uh, really makes them stand out from the crowd uh, and makes them a great podcasting email. So without further ado, let's meet Matt and Matthew. All right. So today we have Matthew and Matt. Why don't we uh, go ahead and introduce yourselves? Uh, Tell us a little about yourselves. Tell us about how you guys connected and how uh, really good emails came to be. Yeah, uh, really good emails started uh, really as an idea. I had been, you know, chief creative, creative director on several different startups. And one of my responsibilities, you know, was watching everything that touched the customer, right? Like emails and, and the product and web and mobile and, and marketing. And I noticed regularly that email was not being paid attention to with as much consistency, but I knew this was a channel that was, you know, like connecting with the customer more often than most other places. So we were going to have to spend more money on this and more time, more resources really is a better way to think about it, you know, in this area of product. And uh, I just started collecting, you know, best in class emails. And like many other people, I had a Gmail folder, you know, full of them, or I would, you know, plop them into a sketch or Figma file or whatever. I guess this is pre-Figma, so, you know, you get the idea. And uh, yeah, you know, I just collected those. Well, it made sense to start a blog and it made sense to get MailChimp to sponsor it because at the time they 
more or less would sponsor just about everything and <laughs> its mom. So, yeah. uh, which was great. Uh, they no longer do that, but that was great at the time and uh, very thankful for it. So, uh, you know, got that off the ground. And then before long, I met uh, Mike Nelson and Matt Helbig, uh, who were fantastic partners to join me, you know, in the process and, and really get excited about really good emails together. So, you know, it's just been a wild ride. That's awesome. So now you guys, uh, you got a lot going on, very busy. I mean, you just got back from Japan, Matthew. So uh, you're traveling all over the place. <laughs> um, you have a live event. So we probably should talk a little bit about that as well. The Unspam Conference. This, uh, this last spring was your first year. That's awesome. I did get a chance to view some of the video replays and it just looks like a really fun conference. It looks like everybody there is super stoked to be there. And why don't you talk a little bit about how that came to be, how it went in the springtime and, you know, what's coming up in uh, this this coming springtime, 2020. Yeah, yeah. So Unspam was really uh, Mike's idea. I just kind of wanted to bring together all the people that, you know, that we feature on the blog, you know, all these different brands that we, you know, look at their emails all the time. We really wanted to meet those people and learn, you know, a little bit about their stories and how their teams are set up with their emails. Um, so Unspam was just a very relaxed, fun conference in Greenville. Um, just kind of hanging out with a bunch of email geeks and people doing some you know presentations. We did a hackathon. So I think this next year we're trying to make it uh, bigger than bigger than ever and keep that vibe, keep that chill vibe, and just let people uh, you know talk about email. That's great. So now you got the you have the website. You have obviously your emails, your outbound. You have your event. And you guys decided to jump into podcasting. So why don't you talk a little bit about what sort of made you take that jump? Now, originally, you know, you you, you have both a uh, a visual podcast on YouTube, a video podcast, and you also have an audio podcast. So why don't you guys talk about, A, what kind of started this idea of podcasting in general for you? And then, you know, with such a visual format as emails and email creative, what's the benefits of the pros and cons for choosing, you know, this content would be really good fit for a video podcast such as Feedback Friday. And on the flip side, you know what, this would really be good for, for an audio only. You know, for us, we're all about community and curation and comedy, right? <laughs> these are the things. And it's it fits really nicely to say <laughs> these three special little C's, but it's this idea that uh, what we do best is not necessarily always creating content. It's It's like finding the great content out there. And that's what we have been blogging about. It's what the site is built on. It's what we want to do. And we want to do that with a sense of community and, you know, throwing in, you know, just keeping things light, really. And, you know, are we comedians? Uh, probably not very good ones, but we we try and have a good time, <laughs> right? So, yeah, and, and Matt Helbig is just passionate about getting stuff online and getting things done. Uh, one of the most uh, aggressive and just sort of fastidious people I've ever met. He just knows how to get it out there. Good job, dude. Um, so <laughs> that's on back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. It's awesome. So, uh, he just, you know, was like, I'm going to do a podcast. Here we go. Bow. And it, <laughs> and it happened. So, uh, why don't you tell the rest of the story, Matt? Uh, yeah. So I actually believe we had a conversation with Envision about their design better podcast. Uh, and they were talking a lot about when we were, um, deciding against just audio or video, 
them kind of expressing um, wanting to do a more video podcast, just especially because the designs and the email designs that we're looking at. Sure. A lot of that stuff kind of um, is very visual and we really wanted to do that. Uh, and then we went to YouTube and really didn't see any of that content being put out. And we definitely knew our audience um, wanted some content like that. So that's kind of what we just started doing. So just started capturing high quality screen, you know, screen captures, you know, co- recording our little feedback Friday sessions where we talk about why emails are good and <laughs> what, what makes them good. Yeah. Um, so we really enjoyed that part. I think we're actually really working on that audio only side and doing more long form content. But as you're probably familiar, it takes a good amount of time to put all that stuff together. And I think we're always uh, have a bit of an imposter syndrome of not, you know, delivering a good enough podcast. So we all so do. Think, <laughs> so the, the, the video, the short, you know, like the, we, we've seen a lot of people just like very bite sized content on YouTube. So I think it's worked really well for us in our schedule that we can put a quick 10 minute video out, you know, once a week and uh, people can watch it on their lunch break or something. So I think it's a good fit for our audience. Yeah, that's great. So now, you know, you guys are both obviously podcasters, your your designers, your email experts. So I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to bring you guys in and really talk about those two worlds colliding. How can we help podcasters build better emails to help them get the word out and really grow their audience? So I guess we'll jump into the meat of the of the episode here and talk about, l- let's break this up into two sections here. What if you were to put three things, three things overall, no matter what industry you're in, specific to email, three keys to success that every email should have in order for this to be a really good email, in your opinion. Um, so we actually have a list on our site, which uh, goes what we look at for what makes a really good email. So definitely give that a, a look-see. But I think the main thing that we always come back to with really good emails is really serving the customer in some way through email marketing. So I think when, you know, a podcaster is building a list, they're starting to send these emails out, you know, what can you provide them in an email that's specific to an email? What, what value can you provide outside of the podcast? Is it, you know, photos? Is it links? You know, I think mm-hmm. just uh, adding additional value in that email uh, has always been a, a thing for me. So I think even beyond the design, like I think you can start with a free MailChimp account and start building that list. And I think some of that stuff you can tweak along the way, but I think just being a human and, and speaking, you know, directly to people and keeping that value throughout the sends is, you know, the main goal. Yeah. And to double down on that, you know, so many people and their products and their e-commerce, they're, they send out emails really in a way that no one would ever act relationally, you know, no reasonable human being um, to their friends, right? Yep. Um, you would never be like, uh, hey, Matt Helbig, you want to go out on Friday night? Hey, Matt Helbig, what about Friday night? Can you come out on Friday night? Hey, man, I want to know. You know, like, how many times do you have to ask? Like, just ask once. And if you don't hear from me, that's also a soft pass. Like, leave me alone. You know, people don't do that, right? And and so in friendships, in relationships, you, you have a, a better sense of tact. And what we suggest is that people begin to treat email as relationship designed. This is a phrase that I've kind of come across in my speaking. And it's, you know, like just start thinking about your communication to your customer as does this serve them? If not, stop sending it, right? And wait until you have something that can or go back to the drawing board with the ethic that when you really serve a customer and their actual needs, they're going to keep coming back. 
like they're ready to pay you for that solution, right? And if you don't really understand what is challenging in their life, why they ended up on your site in the first place, then go spend some time trying to learn about them. Ask them questions, be empathetic, be curious. These are all things that, you know, probably for half of the marketing audience, they need to go spend some time with like a relationship coach. <laughs> like I would not want to be in a relationship with, with these folks if this is how they act with human beings, right? But like, these are these are thoughtful, creative people. They know better, but we all get into this mode of like, just send, okay, here's, you know, this is what they did over there. Let's go do that. And that doesn't, that doesn't work. It doesn't, it's not effective. Now, once you get into how to serve, right, you start having better copy. You start serving with better imagery. And it doesn't have to be like more expensive to produce imagery. Sometimes it's just better chosen imagery, right? Like you can actually send a great gift that are freely available on the internet that really communicates fantastically. You can write a shorter email. You can do a text email. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be fancy, but you can really serve your your customer in some, you know, really helpful ways. So would you say just to kind of uh, try to cherry pick from that, would you say that number one would be sort of knowing your audience and growing the audience that you can provide value to? And number two, learning how to communicate with that audience. Yeah, I think that's a good summary. I, I think it's about getting to know that audience and you can go do that, you know, a number of different ways, right? You can segment some folks in your audience and write them and say, hey, you know, it turns out we don't actually know our audience very well. You're one of those people, <laughs> like <laughs> not just a number and not just an email address, you're a person. And, you know, would you have 30 minutes uh, we'd like to give you a $50 Amazon gift card because your time means a lot. And can we ask you some very specific questions about what's going on in your day? How did you end up on our site in the first place? You know, people are not buying your socks. You know, their feet are cold, right? People aren't buying like your cool ass shoes because they're the brand. They they want to be cooler, right? There is not something for their feet. They're trying to achieve like a way of living, a way of being, right? Or, you know, people aren't buying your, your service. Like I'm not, I'm not really that interested in like thinking about which plumber to hire. I just want my time back and I want my dishwasher to work the way it's supposed to. Right. And I, I, I just want that stuff to be fluid. And so when you get to understand that, so it's the the dishwasher, his service to me really has very little to do with dishwashing. It has to do with being professional, fast, getting out of the way, giving me back my time. If the most successful service folks know that and they're geniuses and they can make a ton of money and it is not worth going to college over that. Don't get me started on going to college. Anyway, <laughs> I'm right there so with you. <laughs> it's just, there's so much to be done right there and knowing it. And then once you know those challenges, just, you know, trying to think most people have a pretty reasonable idea of, okay, if my mom or my child or my friend or my colleague had issues like that, like this individual, I think I would just write them a note saying, you know, this, oh, okay, well just do that. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, right. It doesn't have to be that much more than that. So 
um, we get we get sort of wrapped up in our heads and we end up, you know, creating really intense flows. Uh, and it's it doesn't make sense. It's unnecessary. Well, what what I find really interesting about that, because I I love everything about what you just said. And, you know, I have a marketing background. That's a very we learn about that in school. That's a very basic sort of way of looking at marketing uh, that we look at very early on as students. And then once we get into the, the actual business world and we're practitioners, that's sort of just we forget about it because there's so much other things going on. We're trying to you know, we're trying to craft a really cool email that, you know, it just gets lost in the in the in the noise. Um, so that's awesome. I love that. And, and you know, one of the things that I actually struggle with all the time is is sort of the tone in the copy. So one of the mm. one of the things that I kind of took from your explanation is just ask. Sometimes you just got to ask and be a real person, have a real conversation with people. And I think that, and myself included, businesses try to, they toe that line and they're so worried about sounding professional that they're, they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot and they're not actually, they're not actually achieving what they want to achieve because of that. So, yep. so that, that sort of encompasses all of the industries. It's very, very broad, uh, email sort of keys to success. Now, we're podcasters here. So is there anything you would say, maybe, you know, one or two points that uh, would be specific to podcasters that would really sort of give them the edge in in their strategies with with their emailing marketing? Well, I actually think like curation or being concise is a big win. A lot of the times the emails that we see are, you know, submitted are very long and lengthy and confusing. I think in the same way as you're trying to keep your podcast, you know, clean and clear as possible and providing that distilled information potentially. I think in email, it's the same thing. If you're sending someone a confusing message that they're unsure what to do next or what you're asking them to do, I think that can confuse a lot of people. So I think, you know, really distilling down that message with that email communication that you're sending out or, you know, if you're going to ask for reviews for your podcast, you know, make it worth it for me or really ask people to do it or explain why it, this is important or something. So I think as being as concise as possible, and I think that is part of serving the customer again, having that curation, it's a good win. And I guess, I guess plug people, uh, you know, set expectations early on with those emails. If you're going to plug this newsletter, why should I subscribe? Really telling me up front, you know, why should, do I need to be part of your list? What kind of content are you sending me? Not just asking people, but really telling them, you know, this is why you should subscribe. This is when you should expect to receive it. I think setting those expectations up front, you know, really sets you up for success. That's great. Yeah, I, I for me, it's it's you know, Matt just said expectations. Uh, I think get to know why why did your audience connect with your content in the first place? Like, what is it that that made your content meaningful? And if you can start speaking to that regularly. And it's, you know, it's not just what's in the content, but it's also maybe the length of the content. It's the, you know, the speed at which you, you know, deliver it. It's the guests, you know, those kinds of things. And I think if you can dial that in, you can be a lot more effective, right? And you can, you know, grow your audience. I always love this idea. Seth Godin has been quoted as saying, like, why are something to the effect of why are you yelling at all the people that are trying to block out the noise when you could be just whispering, you know, your truth to the people that are dying to hear 
what you have to say. Mm. And it's it's that, like you're looking for those people that are like super stoked to have you on board and to be a part of their lives, you know? So I think that's, you know, something I would think about. Uh, the other one is, you know, on a very strategic level, podcasts, uh, you know, operate in sort of an RSS way, right? Like your reader is going to ping you about new episodes. But I think any good podcast that I follow also has a newsletter and keeps you posted, right? And so thinking about that newsletter and making sure that it's, you know, to Matt's point, like that it's clear, it's getting to the point, get out of the way. Don't, don't, you don't need to give more information that's really necessary. Drive people to your podcast, uh, let it get out of the way. But email is a great way of just reminding people what's out there. You know, like I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I don't really, I don't like being notified about all the new episodes. I, I turn all notifications on my phone off. So email is a good way of being like, oh yeah, there's that thing I could follow up on if I want. So yeah, that's, those are the things that I think about. Uh, just thinking carefully about your content, planning it out, not just one episode at a time, but you know, what kind of story do you want to tell uh, over the course of a year? Those kinds of things. Now, if we would only take some of our own advice. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right. uh, drinking our, our own Kool-Aid is always the that, hardest thing to do. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, no, but I love everything about that. And, um, you know, that sort of falls into almost everything that, that I've talked about on the show with many of my other guests, where preparation just comes up as a recurring theme with almost any topic that we're talking about with podcasting. And sort of you use the word planning out and what story you want to tell, you know, kind of, I love how that also applies to emailing because we talk about all the time, think about, you know, in season. So think about over a course of a season, what story do you want to tell? How mm -hmm. do you want to break out each episode? What kind of journey are these people, are your listeners going to go through episode to episode? And you can sort of enhance that journey with emailing and sort of what everything that you're talking about, which I thought was great. So that's fantastic. So uh, with that, we actually have uh, a couple of emails here that you guys provided and that you have I, I are curating on your site here, at least uh, two of them, I believe. So I thought it'd be really fun to kind of go through and just sort of like a really quick fire a feedback Friday edition, some of these podcasting emails. So the first one I actually have up here is the introduction for the HBR's Work Advice Podcast. So uh, why don't you guys kind of quickly go through some hard-hitting points real quick, what you like, what you don't like, and we'll actually have links to these email examples in the show notes. So if you want to follow along, you're listening on your computer, you can totally do that. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, right off the bat, one of the things that's working fantastic uh, on this one is I... I get this intro that is interesting with a very simple but very cool graphic. And then I get some very clear text to read about what the podcast is, how it works, what, you know, what we're digging into here. And I have two very, you know, clear CTAs. So, so I can, you know, listen and subscribe or I can submit a question. They want me like they're promoting listen and subscribe first, uh, which is cool. And then they dig in, you know, by saying, okay, we want to hear from you. And they let you know who you're talking to there and, uh, you know, take you down the email. It's just very straightforward, very clean, nice big text, 
easy to read, easy to tell what's a link and what's just text. You know, they just really let things get out of the way. And uh, one of the things that I drive for in, in the design work that we do is we like to play design golf, right? So I, I run a design agency called Fathom and Draft as well. And we always are looking for ways of reducing our points, you know, like the, the points of difference. So, okay, we've got, you know, at one big heading, dear HBR, then we've got our subhead suite. We've established kind of a core color schema of orange, black, white. And do we really need any other colors? You know, it turns out maybe gray to make things not quite as intense, but otherwise we can keep it at that. So they've done a really nice job of keeping their score very, very low. <laughs> and and I always really like that, you know, way of thinking. So, so real quick, Matt, before you jump in, I, I just want to clarify a couple of things. The first thing is, uh, I think, keeping it simple. You're talking mm -hmm. about the golf score and, and, and lowering your points. I love that analogy, keeping things as simple as humanly possible. Now, you use the word CTA. For podcasters that are new to email, new to marketing, may not know what that term means, uh, what's a CTA? How does that differ from a general link in this email? Because there are a bunch of links here. Yep. Uh, CTA is a click-through action. So it's a, a button generally or a large link, um, uh, you know, that's associated with uh, a specific action you want the user to take on that email. So you might have a series of actions. It might not just be one, but, you know, a link is going to be just embedded at different points throughout the email in different texts. But a CTA is like, this is the thing that, you know, we have two objectives in this email you know, CTA one, CTA two, and, you know, you know, that's what you're driving for. And you're usually tracking that. Excellent. Matt Helbig, do you want to add anything to that? Or did I? Yeah. I mean, I also think even in this one, the language of that CTA is really good. Listen mm -hmm. and subscribe is a really good descriptive CTA. Um, and then right next to it, submit a question. That's a great way to sort of get feedback from your audience outside of, you know, reviews on iTunes or something. So I really like this email. I love the, the use of color. And I think this is a great example of, you know, launching a new episode. It sounds like they have a few different episodes already. So, you know, if you already can subscribe and listen, it's not just a teaser or anything like that. So I really like this one. And it's written, you know, from the, the editor. So you can reply to this email, email a question. So definitely very personal, um, asking clearly, you know, what you want them to do next, listen and subscribe. So overall, this one is, you know, a great example. Awesome. All right. So the next one I have up here is the time, the showdown time sensitive. Let's have a look at that. Uh, why don't you give a couple of points, quick hitting points, what you love about it, what you may not like about it, what any room for improvement? Is this thing perfect? You know, what can podcasters learn from this, uh, this email? I like how this one stood out to me in the inbox. The listen here with the play icon, you know, it really feels like almost like a podcast app to me. Mm -hmm. um, very clear of, you know, what you want me to do next, you know, listen. And then I think scrolling down the email, you get a little bit more information about the guest, you know, you see their photos, some information, you know, about them. Uh, and then a pretty good, you know, ender, uh, second part of this email, you know, subscribe, have out your links and then let, you know, letting these big text, um, very simple, just email, letting you know that this new episode is out and providing you a good amount of information with a uh, good design. Yeah, I agree. One of the things I love about it is how much white space it uses. 
And, you know, not unlike the last one we talked about, HBR, they've done a great job of keeping it very simple, straightforward, getting out of the way, using consistent typography. You know, it's uh, it's pretty no nonsense. It's it might be what's called like a little loose, like the the amount of white space feels almost a little undefined. Um, So I would like do just three or four small things to kind of create a little more definition around the space. And, but otherwise, I mean, I think they've done a really nice job of, you know, keeping it, you know, very focused. Uh, This feels like a perfect uh, mobile email. So, you know, that feels, you know, even better. Like when you're thinking about your, your phone situation and scrolling and that kind of thing. So, you know, this is a good example of you can you can do something pretty straightforward and get out of the way and just let let text do the work. The the time sensitive, I, I'm not sure if that's a logo, uh, but it's a little bit odd that like you have this. Uh, it's not quite centered, uh, and I get why it's there, but it seems like the same font size as the text below it, so it creates a little bit of a weird wiggle with the eye where you're going you know, not quite centered and then you're centered and then you're, you know, going down to the photo. Stuff like that is a little nitpicky, but yeah, it's it's not bad. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if that was a, a rogue period or if that's just the top <laughs> of the eye. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but what 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 I do that the CTA here, the the listen here with the big play button, I do love that. It, it does give, Matt, you said it gives a feel of uh, sort of almost like a podcast app itself. I always found that play button icons, you know, snapshots of, of YouTube videos with play button icons and things like that. I can't I can't explain what it is about it, but it makes me want to click it. So mm-hmm. um, this is this is definitely a good example of that. So, all right. Awesome. And uh, the last one we have here uh, is did you know about the Basecamp podcast rework? So uh, why don't we go through this email again, quick, hard hitting things, what you love, what you don't love so much and um, what can be improved, if anything. Yeah, I mean, I, this feels very you know, base camp, you know, and it makes sense why they do things the way they do. Uh, it's been uh, very clearly developed for mobile, you know, everything centered, everything like very lined up this way. Typographically, this is uh, really difficult to read. Yep. So from a design perspective, there's some very, there's really helpful rules uh, around typography. And whenever you center align text, they're the, one of the best places to find some of those rules that are helpful is Robert Bringhurst has a book called Elements of Typographical Style. And another one by Richard Rudder is called uh, Typography for the Web, uh, or maybe Web Typography. I've never met Bringhurst, but Richard's a great dude and and really smart. So, um, but the that kind of text when it's centered like that, you your eye has to do a lot of work to follow it. With uh, text that's bigger, like this rework podcast part, that's easier and that's fine. Headings like, did you know Basecamp has a podcast? Fantastic. You know, I I think if it were me, I would make this email shorter and then drive to. A, a landing page. I'm really curious to know the data on like, did people follow up on all this stuff? If you're getting this, you already know that Basecamp is full of smart people. So, you know, seeing these, I don't know if that's going to drive it home for me. In fact, just glancing at it, I didn't realize that those were 
recent episodes, I guess I, you know, we're, I'm reading at a small level, but I think if you were to have maybe something that said like episode 51, happy pacifist, episode 52, sometimes it's crazy at work, that might drive that home a little better. Uh, the red link. Yeah. It's funny. Basecamp actually has a book called defensive design for the web. And they, they call out some problematic stuff around using red because I think if I remember right, because red is uh, often used for errors. If not, you know, it's, it's challenging, but that might align well with their brand. So anyway, it makes sense though. They're very simple in their design uh, aesthetic uh, and they keep it very focused. And I think there are merits to that. So Matt, what about you? Uh, Yeah, for me, I definitely agree that the top part of this email is a lot more successful. Um, bringing your eye down that kind of upside down pyramid of creating a, a way to kind of go down. And then you have these buttons being kind of the main CTA of the email. I'm um, getting you right into the content right away, you know, letting you know that you have a podcast. And then I think it kind of falls off a little bit with these recent episodes of, uh, I'm not sure yet, when, when it's a big block like this, centering it makes it very difficult to read. Um, you're not really providing any links in these or showing any you know, information around what these emails are about or who the guest is. So to me, this section's a little not the best. And I guess, too, maybe changing the CTA to a black instead of a red might work mm-hmm. out. Um, but as we can see with this footer, I can recognize that this is a pretty simple MailChimp template. Um, so definitely something like this you can create on your own. Um, but then we also always see these social share icons and you really have to get people, you know, some incentive to share this. You know, why am I going to tweet about this email or something? Um, so maybe those could be something else about you know, share this, you know, something a little bit more actionable than just these icons. And you know, maybe a pre-written tweet about the podcast or something would be a better use of this space than just uh, the, these little text icons down here. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, those th- th- those paragraphs definitely make my eyes bleed without a doubt on the bottom <laughs> half of that email. And you mentioned MailChimp and a template, which might be a great segue into my next question, which essentially is, when should podcasters turn to professionals to design emails for them? Are there any tools uh, on the market that can help them build them themselves? Do they really need to know code in order to develop a successful marketing communication strategy? Yeah, uh, great question. So no, uh, they don't, for sure. There are fantastic, simple templates on all the major ESPs. My my one suggestion, and there are templates all over the place uh, available for download. Most people who are relatively tech savvy, if you're already doing a podcast, you should be able to figure out how to get an e- you know a newsletter going. And frankly, there are some really cool tools like getreview.co, R-E-V-U-E. There are some other ones, really very, very simple uh, newsletter building tools. I think Tiny Letter is another one that is, you know, in terms of when you're just starting out, man, easy to get a newsletter going. In terms of, you know, when do you turn to professionals? Once you already have a list, once you already have like some momentum, you know, don't spend money on hiring folks like us until it's like, okay, it's time to dial in. It's time, we've got a new brand, our the weakest point of our engage or our brand is definitely the email, you know, how do we improve this kind of thing? That's the right time to, you know, hire a, an agency or a designer and some people to implement things. 
And if you want to do, you know, unique things uh, in email, uh, if you want to get very personalized and maybe uh, if you have an e-commerce situation that is included as a part of your podcast, then, you know, that's a good time to do it. But otherwise, you should be able to do most of it on your own, I think. Matt, do you agree? Yeah, I think there's a lot of good companies. I think the ones that stand out to me are like MailChimp, Aweber, Campaign Monitor, some good, you know... ESPs to get you started and may already have existing templates that are WYSIWYG that you can edit easily. And I think with us, you know, we really started, you know, hitting those limitations of those. Um, that was, you know, the limitations of these uh, WYSIWYG editors is when we decided to bring in like a designer or developer. I think Time Sensitive actually changed up their newsletter just because they wanted to include more links and lay it out a little differently. So I think once once you kind of graduate out of the number of subscribers or your audience it starts asking for more content or looking for more things, that's kind of when you might want to switch up a template or try something new or test something new and involve, you know, some of those additional resources if you need to. For sure. How do you guys kind of gauge text versus HTML? When's a good time to send a text email? When's a good time to send an HTML email with images, things like that? For me, my perspective, again, it goes back to the customer, right? You can actually make uh, a text email, and you can even format it the way you would with a text, you know, in SMS or something like that, you know, and just using emoji or some other things, you can, you know, do something very effective. Sometimes marketing emails with better hierarchy, better visuals are more attractive and get more attention. It's worth testing, though. It's just based on your audience. Um, so, Matt, what are your thoughts? I personally think that they're um, like two very different things. I think as an email marketer, we have sort of a toolbox and HTML and plain text are just two different tools. Uh, we've seen a lot of plain text emails get very high response rates. So if I'm asking you for something specific, like feedback or something, I want to do that in a plain text email that feels more like a letter and is more personal. But if I'm letting you know that a new episode's coming out, I want to show you some graphics and provide some links. That's when you might choose something with HTML. So I think there's just different use cases. And yeah, definitely testing it out with your audience is the best way to find out what people respond to. That's great advice. Uh, and then lastly, how are we able to monitor this stuff? How do we know that our emails are working? What are some KPIs? And for people not you know that don't have a marketing background, KPI, key performance indicator, it's a stat or, or something that you need to pay attention to that will sort of tip you off as to if your initiatives are being successful or if you need to make an adjustment. So on that note, what are some of the things you need to pay attention to with your emailing that will sort of give you that gauge? I think um, opens and clicks are pretty good indicators. And especially if you're dry, you know, you can also look at unsubscribes. If people are stop subscribing and stop opening your emails, that might be a good indicator that it's not working. <laughs> um, but I think people always say, you know, you're guaranteed one open and one click in an, in an email um, so, you know, what are you doing with that one click? Are you driving people towards a Patreon or a YouTube video or an iTunes store link or something? How can that be the main focus? I mean, if that's the main goal of that email, then that's kind of how you need to measure it. I think over time, though, you can even ask your customers again in a survey or a small link with a reply. You know, was this email helpful for you? What else can we be doing with this one? What would you want to see more? So I think it's a little tricky where if you're not, you know, there's some business goals, but if the business goals are take more of a backseat and you're just trying to build a community around your podcast, um, the diff different KPIs might, you know, differ depending on what you're trying to do with that actual send. Yeah, he nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Enough said.
All right. Well, we're we're sort of coming up to the end here. I do have a couple of wrap up questions I want to ask you guys. Cool. Uh, the the first one, sort of after a year of podcasting, now you guys have been doing it for a while. What keeps you doing it on a weekly basis? What what is it that you love about podcasting? And let me actually take that back <laughs> All that a little bit. Sweet here. money. <laughs> Just kidding. <No. laughs> what what is it? What is it that you love about podcasting in general? So. It doesn't necessarily need to be about your podcast. What is it? What is it that draws you to podcasting where you, you like listening to it and it's something that inspired you to start your own and keeps you doing it week after week? For me, I I love the the medium of voice, right? It's the same reason why I would rather have uh, a phone call with a friend and and I reserve that for important people in my life, right? Colleagues, friends, family, etc. You know, clients if the money's there, those kinds of things, but I, you know, oftentimes conveying like uh something of importance, you know, using the voice, it can be you it's much more rich, right? than like a blog post. And trying to explain what is working in an email and what's not trying to help people understand not just from a design perspective a lot of the review we gave of the emails that you showed us like they were fairly simple emails and so it makes sense to you know review them at a from a design perspective but sometimes you know reviewing in an email for the opportunity it has for more personalization. And I don't mean like including somebody's name. I mean, if you're shopping for something and you know, if you buy a TV on Amazon, the opportunity then is what are the things that you need with a TV? Well, how about a DVD, you know, setup or uh, actually that's a terrible idea. It's, it's 2019. <laughs> a Roku. Um, right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but you get the idea, like a game system or, yeah. you know, you, you may need, you know, maybe you want a couch to go with your TV, like you're creating the perfect living room, right? So yeah. where you watch these things. So it's these kinds of opportunities, right? Like um, uh, an e-commerce shop could set up that quality and we can tell that story so much more richly with our voices than trying to, you know, put it together in a, uh, in a written form. And I also, I, I think on my feet and I like doing that. And uh, so it really fits well for me. And I think probably in 2020 is when I'll start my personal podcast and like really start digging into my story of recovery and business and all kinds of, you know, qualities that just span a large gamut and kind of tell it from the, the perspective of whale, which is, you know, how I'm referred to online. So anyway, it's just, it's a good medium. I mean, Matt, why do you like it? I know that you you seem to really do a lot of podcasting and thinking about it as well. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think the same goes with email. I think people's attention is incredibly valuable. So I think if people are willing to spend time with you on a weekly basis, you sort of owe them at least a little bit of something of curation and you know keeping it relevant and really building that one-to-one relationship. Like with our Feedback Friday series, you know, we've seen comments, you know, like, I'm so happy to come into work and this is the highlight of my day watching this episode. So I think, of, you know, having that very personal relationship, someone, and even with email, like, you know, letting someone subscribe to your list really is a different thing than just, you know, like Twitter, you know, following someone. I think you're really letting someone into your life and thinking again, I guess, like, why are people hiring this, you know, podcast? Do I want to learn something new? Do I want to relax after a long day or something? So 
that's what kind of keeps me going. And I'm, I think I'm always learning new techniques and interesting things, talking to guests. So it keeps me uh, interested in what we're doing. And yeah, like you, like you said, Matthew, it's a great medium to really tell a story and you know talk and have a conversation about these things. Awesome. I love that. So you guys, you, like I said, you've had the podcast going for a year now. You have the Unspam Conference, year two coming up. Uh, you got a lot of cool things on the horizon. What are you guys super excited about? What's next for Really Good Emails podcast? What's next for Really Good Emails just in general and the conference? Yeah, well, I think where we're heading is we're trying to develop, you know, an even better and better community and, you know, provide better tools to that community. So, you know, that's through our new site that we launched this summer and it's growing like crazy. And that's been a ton of fun seeing all the people show up and use the site to be able to collect emails, like emails, the the new blog that we're launching soon. It's just been awesome. And then now we're, uh, our submission process is improving where people can submit either their own emails and even collect those into their own profile or they can find emails that they like and submit those. And, and that's been fun. You know, for our podcast, we're trying to get into places where not only are we podcasting, but we're actually interested in becoming a, a place where anybody who wants to talk about this, who, you know, we vet as really knowing what they're doing and like a good fit for our community, we'd like to bring them into the fray. Uh, we'd like to actually have a community of podcasters that are delivering really high quality content about marketing. We'd like to have a community of writers who are doing that for blogging. We'd like to have a community of people posting emails, right? This is the idea is, is this becomes a hub of all of these things so that uh, we're not the only ones, right? We're just the curators. And I think that's always where we're going to win. So Matt, how about you? Yeah, definitely. Um, after a year of doing it, just keep listening to our audience and really understand, you know, what, they want and what they mm -hmm. want us to do. And, you know, I think each each opportunity that we have to explore a new topic or spend a little bit of time on something, uh, I think we, we've collected enough information now about what people want. And it's now it's kind of time to deliver on that stuff. So definitely spending the time to, to learn more about, you know, how can we better serve people through education or better resources or, you know, longer form content or something. So I think it's just always listening to that um, stuff and just keeping it in mind when we move forward with really good emails and keeping it as useful and as fun as possible as well. That's great. And I love the whole notion of of building a community and you guys are off to a great start. It seems like everybody is very enthusiastic uh, from the videos that I've seen and from the feedback <laughs> I, I've heard. Um, so finally, where, you know, where can listeners find you? Where can we find really good emails? Where can we find the Feedback Friday podcast if they want to get in contact with you or have a conversation with you, whether it be via Twitter, wherever you prefer to have your conversations, everybody's got their preference. Uh, where can we do that? Yeah, uh, you can find us on reallygoodemails.com for sure. And um, Matt, I'll let you kind of describe the YouTube channel, but uh, also on Twitter is a great spot. So. Yeah, we're really good email on Twitter. Uh, our YouTube is YouTube slash YouTube.com slash really good emails. We try to put out a video every single Friday. I'm um, looking at email design and review. Um, we're definitely open to guests. So if you ever want to come in and talk about your email or someone else's email that you thought was really good, definitely let us know and hit us up. Awesome. Well, guys, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for uh, hopping on with me. Uh, tons of great insights here for 
podcasters that are new to the game, podcasters that have been doing it a long time, people who have been, you know, email marketers for a long time can pull uh, some great stuff from you guys. So excellent stuff all around. Thank you Thanks, so much. Thanks, man. Have a good one. And there you have it. Matthew Smith and Matt Helbig. What a pair. They really know their stuff. Uh, I took a lot out of this and not just uh, email best practices and tips, but what I really loved was the philosophy, the, the outlook of how to communicate with your customer, or in our case, your audience, your podcast listeners, treating them like human beings and not just another member of your list or another member of your audience, treating them as individuals and speaking to them as an actual person. This could be applied to emails. It could be applied to social media. It could be applied to you on the podcast, on the mic. So uh, great stuff to take away from this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, give us a review on iTunes. That always helps other people find the show. The more reviews, the better uh, chances of other people finding the show and listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation or you have any questions, definitely hit us up on Twitter. We're at Devenio Podcasts, plural. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And hey, we're looking for guests. So if you have a podcast and you'd like to be on the show, definitely reach out to us. You can reach us at Devin, D-E-V-I-N, at Deveniopodcasts.com. Looking forward to hearing from you guys. And until next time, happy podcasting.